What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review. It really helps us out a lot and uh, yeah, it's much appreciated. So uh, go ahead and hit those buttons for us and, and, and uh, leave us some a nice note. If you have nothing nice to say, just don't say it at all, I guess. Uh, but anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode and that is with Ben Rankema and Boyd Johnson from Southeast Gravel. We chat about their new gravel series that they've just released. Uh, along the east coast and uh yeah I, I was lucky enough to go to the first one here in march and it had the likes of ted king george hinkapi uh bobby ulick um scott mcgill andrew dillman i mean the list just goes on dylan johnson was signed up and uh had a, actually had an accident so he couldn't make it but um all in all it was a heavy field so i have a really like firm feeling that this series is going to be one of the new big gravel series that the country has to offer. So uh, we chat into how that all started, their plans for the series, and uh, where they see that going. So uh, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Spot is back and sponsoring another episode. And guys, if you haven't already, you gotta check out Spot. All you need to do is go to croom.getspot.com. But I'm telling you, one of these days, you guys are gonna be thanking me that you went out and you got Spot because you had an accident, you had a crash, whatever, and Spot covers the bill for you. Spot is a zero deductible accident insurance for active people. So they cover up to $20,000 per injury. So if you go out, you break your collarbone, let's say that insurance is only going to cover $5,000 and it's going to be a $10,000 bill, they'll kick in the other five grand. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, check out Spot at croom.getspot.com. That's croom.getspot.com. This episode is also brought to you by Twisted Spoke Apothecary. Guys, they are the leading CBD here in Colorado Springs, and it's ran by a bunch of cyclists, so you guys got to check it out. All you need to do is go to twistedspokeapothecary.com and use code CROOM at checkout, and you will get a 10% discount on your first order. That's twistedspokeapothecary.com. And yeah, they even make chamois cream, so CBD chamois cream, so you gotta check that out. I've been using that for my long rides, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty nice, and it's something that I would definitely recommend. Uh, so go check them out at uh, twistedspokeapothecary.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting here with Ben Rankin, my boy Johnson, both amazing cyclists, guys that I grew up watching. Uh, I bugged the shit out of them um, on Facebook when I was a cat four or five. I uh, just wanted to learn everything about cycling. But now I've moved on to Colorado and they've moved on to do better and cooler things. And they're running this Southeast gravel race that I had the pleasure of going to in, um, what was it? Was it Clinton, South Carolina? It's Clinton, a BMFE of, of South Carolina. And uh, Ted King was there, George Hinkapi, Bobby Ulick. Like, uh, I think Dylan Johnson was supposed to start. So there were so many big names that were supposed to be there. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is their second year running it. So anyways, how you doing, guys? We're doing awesome. Yeah, yeah, good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for jumping on. So um, we'll start with Ben and um, just to get to know a little bit about you. So let's let's dive into your background. Like, how do you even find yourself now running a gravel race? Like, tell us a little bit about yourself and and and, and so on so for the people that don't know you. Yeah, well, really, you know, all the credit for that kind of goes to Boyd. Um, but, you know, Boyd and I, we've been very, very good friends for a long time. Um 
I'm kind of one of the first employees of Boyd Cycling way back from what I guess like 2012 uh, when I moved to Greenville. And so when I moved to Greenville, if you were a cyclist in Greenville, you know what a Boyd ride is where he would trick people to go out on bike rides, on the road bikes, out in the woods. Um, so really, you know, Boyd, he's the creator of kind of gravel riding in the area. Um, yeah. Boyd was doing gravel before gravel was cool. Yeah, you know, when no one had gravel bikes. Um, and then flash forward to 2019 and, you know, Boyd being the visionary he is, he's like, oh, hey, I'm just going to put on this little gravel event. He put something on Facebook. He's like, how many people want to come out? Like hundreds of people is like, let's do it. And I think it was just called... Um, what was it called, Boyd? Gravel event in Clinton or something? It's like Sumter Force Gravel Event. Yeah. So, you know, so was I that same up. race that we did? Was yeah, that? but it was a different venue. Uh, you know, basically same course. So I showed up. I helped Boyd the day before set up, and I did the race. Um, but then after that, Boyd was like, "Hey, this is going to be a big thing. Like, I need help." So I was fully on board, and I was like, "Let's do this." Um, and yeah, I think it's great because. Boyd has his strengths. I have my strengths with things and we kind of just both do our own thing and, and it works out really well. Boyd, um, like before I, before I fully met you, I mean, I think you were, I don't know if you were really fully partnering or like talking with, but Chris, you birdie. I mean, I kind of put you guys in like the same picture. I think of you guys as like the mad scientists of cycling. And uh, I always loved reading what you would put out like on social media and whatever else. But how did you find yourself in not only into cycling, but I mean, you know, making some of the best wheels in the world? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been racing for a long time. Uh, I started racing in 1993 uh, when I was 13 years old. I grew up in Buffalo, New York area. And so, you know, I got my first bike because I shoveled uh, driveways all winter long, <laughs> saved up enough and, um, you know, fell in love with the sport, started doing a lot more racing, traveling around a lot more. And, uh, you know, Buffalo is not very good for training through the wintertime. So I started moving down south. And, uh, you know, that's where, you know, I always knew that I wanted to do something in the cycling world. Um, you know, I was going through a lot of different things. I was coaching. Um, I worked for the iBike power meter company, which was really cool device that measures all your opposing forces. So that's where I learned a lot about aerodynamics and the forces that we overcome when we're riding a bike. And, uh, you know, I did my first gravel event. It was uh, 2008, they had a tour of the Batten Kill up in upstate New York. Which they're talking about, are they talking about bringing that back? Or is it, or am I thinking of the Baton Rouge race, the one in Louisiana? Uh, the Baton Rouge one is the one that they're going to be bringing back. That's okay. a little hiatus. Um, Rouge Bay. Yeah, yeah, Rouge Bay. Yeah. And so, you know, we raced that on 22 millimeter con uh, Continental Sprinters was my tire of choice there. And wow. I was at like 110 PSI because I didn't want to pinch flat on the rocks. And uh, it was a blast. And, you know, training for that, I would take my road bike and just go out and find these crazy roads, a lot of which we are not racing on. Yeah, which it's nuts to think about. Like, and I was thinking about this before I jumped on a call with you too, because like, I mean, you guys have been in the sport long enough to kind of see it transform and transpire a bit, like go from the NRC. I mean, you guys were racing Novant Health when it was like a $50,000 payout, like when it was yeah. insane, right? And um and I was thinking about this. Have you guys ever seen such a drastic change? I mean, like to go from, yeah, to go from, I mean, it's one thing to go from stage racing teams 
to a crit team. But we literally went from crit teams to privateers racing gravel. And, and, and that's, that's our racing. Have you guys ever seen that drastic of a change in the market? Not really. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, I mean, I think that, you know, a couple things happened is, you know, number one, people are wanting to get off the roads a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. They're wanting to get where traffic is not going to be. And so if you look at, you know, the type of cycling that's going good right now, you know, mountain biking is going really good. Gravel racing is obviously going really good, but even we're seeing an uptick in BMX and track racing. Um, you know, road cycling, it's definitely not dead. I mean, we just had a criterium here uh, last weekend as well, and the fields were massive there. So, yeah. you know, cycling's in a good spot, and uh, we've got some really good up-and-coming riders coming through the system now. Well, that sparks that sparks a question that just popped in my head, and, and this goes for both of you guys. I mean, you know, Ben being, you know, crit champion back in the day, and then Boyd, you know, racing for crit teams and kind of doing it all. Um, with with, uh, with just this past weekend, do you guys think COVID might have saved a bit of crit racing? Like, and, 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 and here's why I'm saying this is because it's pulled everybody away from it for a year. And everybody was talking about how it was dying and we're going to jump into gravel. But now it's like everybody had a glimpse of not having it. Do you think it kind of saved it a bit? I, I could definitely see that a little bit. Um, I get some both <laughs> sides of it. Yeah, because I'm looking right now at the men's kind of pro fields for crits. Yeah. There's nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you we have Legion, which they are absolutely incredible. And I'd probably put them up against, you know, maybe UHC in their heyday. Um, but, you know, there's no really second team that's that's anywhere near them. Um, but maybe 2021, we're now going to have some of these riders who are coming back into it that will be at that level next year. Um, but, no, I can see it from both sides for sure because, you know, this weekend we saw the Hinkapi Spring Series. The fields were huge. And I'm looking through all these photos, and they're, like, all juniors. Yeah. You know? I'm, like, looking at these photos, and I'm, like, that's a 17-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid. And then I see, like, this one, like, you know, 35-year-old person, and I was, like, what's that old dude doing out there? Like, and and I was looking at all these photos, and I thought it was – and I was, like, this is the biggest junior field I've ever seen. And then I realized it was the pro 1-2 field. Well, and and I think, I think there's a bit of a gap. Um, and I think I was a part of that gap. So when I was growing up, especially in the Southeast, you had Hinkepi, stands, no tubes. Um, and I mean, you had a few teams out of Georgia that were pretty good. And I mean, you had your Stradales, you had all these random teams that were mm-hmm. like, at least could ride the front and it not be chaotic. And I remember in 2019, and I didn't get selected for Athens when I was riding for Roadhouse and like the speed week. And I, I was like, usually I'd be upset when I didn't get selected for something. I always wanted to go to something. But I remember watching Athens and just being like, thank God. Like <laughs> there was like there was not a single team that could ride the front, hold control. Yeah. And it, because it was just chaos. It was just like crashes everywhere. And I guess people really didn't understand that when they started seeing teams like United Healthcare rally and those guys quit showing up and, and holding the front and actually holding the speed high, making a difference. And so I think that's the gap there is. You have some of these ex-masters guys who were in the pro ranks back in those days who can ride those fields. And then you have these juniors who are trying to come up through the ranks and, and it's all mm-hmm. trying to meet together, right? 
And um, then you have that classic conversation going on between the masters and the junior guy going, well, I'm too old to be pulling. Well, I'm too young to be pulling, you know? And so you yeah. have this, this whole, this whole back and forth. But uh, anyways, let's dive in, let's dive into a little bit of uh, Southeast gravel. So like I said, I had the luxury of going out to Clinton, South Carolina in the middle of nowhere. I almost ran out of gas actually um, working mm-hmm. on a video for it, but um, it, it worked in my favor because it was pretty much a road race. Uh, half gravel, half road, but it was some pretty hard gravel sections um, in there. So, how did you guys even? How did you guys even find this place, man? Yeah, boy, take that. <laughs> so, I love looking at maps and roads on maps and stuff. And so, um, it was only a couple years ago that um, I went out and I knew that there was gravel roads down there. And so, I planned out an eighty-mile loop. Um, I parked at uh, actually the same hotel that uh, Ted King's. Uh, stayed the night at mm-hmm. and I just went out and did an 80 mile ride found a lot of the gravel roads down there and one thing that happened I didn't hit a single Strava segment and I was like That's this has excited. to be an event and yeah. so after when I got done with that I posted the ride um, and then I went onto Facebook and just made a post and said hey just did this cool ride um, who would want to do an event out there like 200 people commented was like oh my god i would come out to an event out there and so uh we organized it for early that year it was uh in february and uh yeah we ended up having like 200 people show up to the first event um and it was so you know it just happened so quick that you know like i had registration on bike reg at the time but i didn't have a result software i didn't have a way to register people on site um you know we were kind of just winging it and so like the day before the event i kind of wrote a google docs based uh results software because our finish line was seven miles away from this start finish venue Mm -hmm. uh, where everybody parked so by the time that people came back they actually had results posted oh wow yeah that's like that's that happens nowhere like i i didn't find out my results this weekend and they had this crazy cameras and all this other stuff. And I didn't find out my results until like six hours later when I drove home, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that we're really, you know, Ben and I are both bike racers. We've been to so many bike races that we have a ton of experience on, okay, what makes a great event? And people want to know what their results are immediately. They don't want to have to wait until they're driving home or get an email with results. And so, you know, something that we've really worked hard on is we built a timing system and the moment you cross the finish line, your result is posted and we have a TV on site that shows your overall results, your category results, so that you could literally ride from the finish line to the TV and your result is already going to be posted. That happened in Clinton, man. I mean, like there was literally like a, a bro powwow of just guys going like, all right, all right. Checking, <laughs> yeah. out, checking out results. I mean, yeah, I was I was yeah. impressed by that because I was I was wondering if that was so. Is that your guys' TV? Yeah, it's yeah, honestly it's a, like a tower. Yeah, it's the weirdest yeah. TV I've ever seen. Well, it's just turned sideways. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the you know it's something I've never realized. Um, it races. It's like, but I think I just became accustomed to it. It's like, oh, the race is done. Like. Yeah, we'll check results tonight. Maybe it'll be posted. You know, like, yeah. hey, hey, did you get a video of the finish? Like, I want to know how my guys did or how I did because there's no way to know otherwise. 
Um, and then when we started, you know, doing Southeast gravel, like, so we call Boyd the, uh, the, the timing wizard because yeah. he just, he created basically his own stuff and he just like does it. And it's perfect. Like every single scientist, time. I'm telling you, man. And I'm, I now think like, how come other races don't do this? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but also something that's really cool and we need to make sure people know this is when you cross, like when you cross the finish line, you could pull your phone straight out of your pocket, go to selfiesgravel.com, click results. Boom. There's the results. You don't even have to go over to that TV oh, I didn't and even crowd know. around everybody. You can sit there on your phone and you can look at all the results. Wow. No, that's, really a, cool. that's, that's cool. Yeah. And so, and like I said, I mean, I, I think, I think this is like, and, and I might have lucked out because that 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 is one of my new favorite gravel courses because uh, it works out in my favor. I don't know how to handle my bike, and there wasn't a lot of a huge crazy climbs or anything, so I was able to get through it pretty well. Um, but you guys have a couple other races on the docket, so let I'll go ahead and talk about Clinton. Clinton was, you know, fifty road, fifty fifty gravel, and it's more like. 55 gravel 45 road um but there was a river crossing there was a huge climb at like yeah and it wasn't and by huge i mean like it was just steep and short um yeah. it was it, it was uh it was like at mile 70 or 80 or something or no not 70 or 80 it's at mile like it was like 10 miles 50. to go yeah yeah it was like mile it was right 50, after 60. that river crossing yeah. right after the river crossing um and it was just like it was steep and then you dip down and then it was like steady into the road. Um, and but this weekend was it what was it called? The Greenwood Gravel Grinder. Greenwood Gravel Grinder had some had some single track. So let's talk about that course and what that was like, because I saw Dylan Johnson won that. So I'm assuming that he won that riding off the front. No, actually. No? Uh, so, you know, I am lucky enough that. So the day before I always, I personally set up the course with the course markings because we're very particular about it. Yeah. Lots of signage. Um, so I do it myself. very well marked, by the way, that I, I do want to um, say that that was great. Again, Boyd has his thing. I have my thing. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want people to get lost. Like, yeah. And eventually I need to get someone else to do it because it takes a lot of time and I have other stuff I should be doing, but I haven't passed the lantern yet. Um, so um, so, you know, setting up the course, I get to ride with the lead group because what I do is, of course, people eventually will steal signs. Um, so I stay with the lead group with some extra signs in case signs are moved. And so I'm able to get footage. I'm able to kind of, you know, stay with the front of the race and see exactly how it plays out. Um, I'm uploading to the Instagram story. So that way people to finish, they're able to sit there and kind of watch and see what's happening. Um, and it was an interesting race. Usually that race just breaks apart like crazy and it's, you know, one guy solo and then just ones and twos the whole way. Yeah. Um, but after the single track, it was absolutely shattered. Yeah. Uh, they got to 10 miles into the first road section and there was a group of 10, there's a group of 10 and there's a group of 15. So Three by miles. the way, the single track happens four miles into the course. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you best believe that detonates, but that, oh, de yeah. de um, that, that wouldn't have detonated. Like I would have lost a lot of money if there was bets <laughs> on that. Like, cause I would have said there would have been people all over the place. I wouldn't say group of 15, 10. Yeah. It, it, so once they got to the long road section, all three of those groups actually came together. So we had, we had about 20, no, we had about 30 people in a lead group, which is kind of crazy. Um, and then yeah. from there, it just slowly kind of fell apart. And then we had our break of the day of five riders. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, Dylan Johnson, you know, he's an incredible rider. He had the arrow bars. He was just relentlessly attacking. Um, but Andrew Dillman stayed with him until the last corner where he attacked. Um, but Dylan Johnson was actually able to come around. So, yeah, we had a, you know, full on sprint to the line with with the two of them, which was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That is that is really cool. So, yeah, because I, I, I think what shocked me is when we were chatting about Clinton, like just in the sense of like, you're like, man, I w- wouldn't expect the group to be this big. And I was like, what do you expect? I was like, Ten we've, people, just, yeah. we've just been like, it's been a flat road and we've just all been like either rotating. And if some guy goes, it all just comes back together eventually. Yeah. Um, so what's the, what's the next one? Uh, Cause there's, there's, is it four or five? We have, yes. we have six events. Six. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah. So our next one is uh, it's just a little bit North of us in Greenville here. Um, Zarconia, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's called the Falling Creek Pinnacle Punisher. Um, and so Boyd Cycling, we actually, they have a wheel set, the Pinnacles, which were yeah. named after the main climb on the course, Pinnacle okay. Mountain Road. Sweet. And yeah. so are the rest of these races, they're pretty much climby, drivey, punchy, or is it, are they all different, have their own crazy characteristics? We've got a couple of good climbing races. Um, the race to Bahala in Wahala, uh, South Carolina, is definitely the hilliest one. Uh, that's got a lot of long sustained climbs. I think that one's like 7,500 feet of climbing and 69 miles. Um, you know, then we've got, uh, we've got Greenwood again, but we do the course in reverse. And so we call that Dunier because with four miles to go, you got to hit the single track, but it's uphill, uphill single track. So that'll be good. Yeah. So that course will be completely different the opposite way around. Um, so the courses are a good mixture, you know, we've got some flat rolling stuff. We've got some definite climbing races. Um, and it just showcases how good the riding is around this area. Yeah, no. And, 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 and that's funny, man. Cause it's like, I, I never really noticed how good the riding was until I decided to ride from my, um, my, my in-laws house and actually Boyd depict my, uh, my my route but i rode from my in-laws house to rock hill south or to charleston south carolina and it was uh like 400 miles or so but yeah and he just depicted he was like oh no you should do this road and you can't find this road and i was like and he was like trying to figure out what other road i had and found i was like dude i have no idea i literally just yeah. dropped it into what it was commute at the time and they just populate something for you um so this next question it might sound like a dumb question but uh i gotta ask it because i gotta know and because you know some people some people, they, they, they don't know what they want to do with it. But where do you guys even see Southeast Gravel going? Like, what, what do you want out of Southeast Gravel? Um, yeah, what do you want to make of it? 10,000 people on the start line. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it might be a dumb question, but yeah. So what do you, yeah, what do you see? I mean, I mean, well, so I'll take it first. Um, I mean, I don't think we're 100% sure yet. I think right now what we're focused on is making – each event, which we're doing six a year better. Um, and, and since the very first event, literally each event, it gets so much better. Um, I made the joke to Boyd last weekend, we were standing there kind of towards the end of the day. And I'm like, at what point are we going to say, all right, today didn't go any better. Like when, when do we get to that point? Um, so yeah, it's, I think we're just kind of taking it one race at a time right now and, you know, still kind of looking long-term, but right now we just kind of have our heads down and we just want to keep making these events just better and better and better and see where they go. Sweet. So one of the things after every event, um, we always go and when we're done cleaning up and 
picking up. We always go and have Mexican food together. We have a sit down session. What went good today? What could have gone better and all that. And that's one of the benefits by having a series versus having the once a year bucket list event is, you know, we get to refine, we get to look every single time on, okay, how can we change this and make it more enjoyable for the people that are coming to the events? And, you know, if I look at the series, I look at it as more of the attainable series. You know, we don't have the lottery to get in. Yeah, we're not going to have the numbers of a, you know, Unbound or SBT, you know, we're probably not going to get 3,000 riders per event, but, you know, it's the attainable. It's a distance to where you can finish it and still hang out with your family at the end of the day. Um, it's going to be hard, you know, but it's not something where you've got to, you know, go and leave your family for weeks at a time while you go ride your bike. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can register for it. It's a $75 entry fee. So it's not the $300 or $400 entry fee. It's something to where we want people to be able to register, be able to ride and have fun. Sounds cool. Yeah. And, and, and I actually was impressed by that because it was like, I did feel like I was at, it was weird. I felt like I was at a road race, but I felt like I was at a gravel race all at the same time. So it was like, with gravel races, at least for like the local low level gravel races and, and not trying to say that you guys are low level, but I just didn't expect to show up and like, you know, you usually I'm spending 30 minutes trying to figure out, okay, where do I find my number? And then there's just some guy out of the back of his van. He's like, oh, we don't do numbers here, man. Just to on the system, write it up on the sheet of paper. Um, so then I was like, oh man. So it was like the, the, the organization of like a legit race with the vibe and the feels of a gravel race. Everybody was there, everybody wanted to hang out. Literally that group of 10 or whatever it was finished, Ted King and you know, Dillman and all these guys were all just standing around, we're just chatting about how crazy it was, how fun it was and how how we had a blast. And, and you know, I mean, you guys have raced enough crits. It's not like you're hanging out with that team that just beat you right after and being like, man, wasn't that great? That <laughs> yeah, was a blast. True. Remember when you elbowed me? That was awesome. <laughs> that that $1,000 premium one and I missed out on, that was great. I loved it, man. That was so much fun. All right, we'll see you next week, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it was really cool to just like all, just hang out and just chat and just talk about, oh man, when he attacked, dude, I thought that was game over. Like I was done. I was I was cooked. And it, it, it was refreshing, honestly. And so it was really cool to see. Um, but anyways, that's, been I, of, that's been one of my favorite things to see is the big the community aspect. I mean, you know, we've had groups from D.C. coming down to do this and they're hanging out with, you know, they're making new friends down in the Carolinas. Um, you know, we've got the awesome lunch at every event and it really lets people go out, have an experience together and then talk around, talk to each other around the dinner table. Um, you know, ha I think having that provided lunch is really key to making it feel like a community. Um, I agree. I agree. Don't forget the I, beer. Yeah. Yeah. That too. The beer as well. I mean, I don't, I, it was one of those things like when I, when I finished, you know, we, we had that powwow, whatever it was cool. But then, you know, I'm sitting down with Bobby Ulick and you don't even, sometimes you don't even know who you're sitting down with. Cause like mm -hmm. you don't really recognize them. And like, we're getting halfway through a conversation because I guess I had like some hint, uh, one of my old teammates that was on the team pursuit team rode for Hincapi and he had his name tag on, on a bottle and uh, it was sitting on top of the table and the guy's like, Hey man, where'd you get that bottle from? 
and I thought he was angry at me. And I was like, oh, well, it's old teammate. And then we, one thing rolled into another. And, and it was just, it's cool the kind of community that you can create at that lunch. And it, it, it is a lot of fun. But um, I don't want to keep you guys all morning, but I do have uh, one last, it's it's our famous question here on the Coffee Van Chats podcast, which uh, I, don't, I don't know if I've prepped you guys with, but uh, if you guys could have a cup of coffee with one individual, and it doesn't have to be coffee, it could be beer, it could be tea. Uh, it could be a glass of water, it could be a lemonade, it could be just a beverage. I've come to the conclusion with the amount of people I've interviewed at this point, not everybody drinks coffee, and so I have to respect that. Um, it is 2021, guys. But anyways, if you could have a if you could have a cup of coffee with one individual, who would that individual be, dead or alive, and uh, why? And how would you take that beverage or coffee? So we'll uh, we'll who wants to go first? Is anybody? Is why do you go to? first? All right. Well, I definitely that. drink a lot of coffee. Um, I just take it straight out of the uh, coffee maker. Yeah. Um, nothing added to it. And honestly, it's, I wouldn't choose any one individual. It's whoever I'm with at the time, that's going to be a great conversation. Um, you know, with both Boyd Cycling, with Southeast Gravel, we get to meet some amazing people and sitting down with them, hearing their story. Um, everybody's got a unique story. And so yeah. whoever I'm having coffee with is who I'd want to have coffee with. No, that's super cool. Yeah. Bike Hardcore is actually doing something like that where um, they've like kind of tasked me to like if I run into somebody at a race that I just feel like has a cool story, just like they want it. They want to do a, like a whole content thing on it and like make them a sponsored hardcore athlete. So that's that's kind of interesting that you said that with, uh, with just whoever you're with at that current moment in time. I like that. Ben. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. I like beer. I like decaf coffee. Um, you know, so decaf coffee. Does that not? Yeah, you know, that? I got I got that heart issue. You know, that made me quit uh, racing so much. So you know, I gotta. I still like the taste of coffee, yeah. but you know, um, I don't know. I mean, how about like a uh, man? This the, I didn't. It's a hard that. question, and I think uh, so. Matt Musa was like, is it, is it Ray Vaughn? Stevie Ray Vaughn? Yeah, that's what Matt Musa said. Like he would say oh, yeah? Steve Ray Vaughn. And I think he he doesn't do coffee and it was a Guinness. And so and then yeah. Justin Williams was Kobe, which is a good one. Mm -hmm. I think it was like a flat white or something. All right, you know what? So I'm not gonna put too much thought of this. I'm just gonna say the very first person that came you to go. my mind at the, at the you know result of looking like an idiot. I'm gonna say Jesse Pinkman. Boom. Right on. <laughs> and that and so is that's the character from <laughs> Breaking from Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. So right, it would right. be the character. It wouldn't be the actual actor. It would be the character, right? Yeah, no, the character. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Breaking Bad. Yeah, we hang out for the day. Yeah. Take my coffee with some crystals in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, sweet, guys. Well, like I said, guys, if you haven't already, please go check out Southeast Gravel. They're doing some really cool things. And and I mean, who knows? They might end up being, I mean, after after the way they did their Instagram story, they might actually be the first gravel race that will be live. And you can watch mm -hmm. it on TV. Who knows? We're actually trying to figure out how to do that. And I haven't even told Boyd yet, but I do have a pretty good idea that we're going to try at Falling Creek to make it a little more live and a little better to get some actual video from in the group. Yeah. Because uh, the way I do it now is I'm on the motorcycle and I'm taking Instagram stories from either behind the group or in front of the group because, I mean, I'm, you know, one-handing it. Well, yeah, I was also – like, I remember – I remember watching it and I also remember being in it and so seeing it happen. And so like, I'm, I remember it 
like happening and like you're having to figure out all right is that john is that ted who is matt who is that guy i don't yeah. know who that guy is and so it'd be interesting to see if uh you guys could because with the budget that lifetime has and even leadville yeah like what what are you guys doing come on guys yeah you know, yeah that is kind of weird that yeah because i don't think it would be hard i mean like i know the media moto guys you know yeah. like you could just hire them you know yeah. like it, not that that's cheap, but yeah. So we'll, we'll, well see. Well, it's not easy, but it's also yeah. not hard. It's like, yes. it's kind of one of those things, especially in the day and age we live in. Maybe 10 years ago, it would have been really hard. But yeah. I mean, but, um, nowadays you can just take a GoPro and connect it to Wi-Fi. And the next thing you know, and you can literally buy a Wi-Fi puck and you're yeah. literally doing lives. So the uh, real quick, the, the Clinton and Greenwood event were incredibly dusty. Um, mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to kind of not be in the group because just kicking up tons more dust. Um, yeah. But our next event, Falling Creek, I mean, there's like no dust in that course. It's a very damp kind of wet course, um, you know, so I have some ideas for Falling Creek that I'm going to try to implement and we'll see how it goes. Sweet. Well, cool, guys. Like I said, if you haven't already, please go check them out. There'll be a link in the description below. There'll also be a link to uh, Red Rocket Revolution, which is a sponsor of the race, and Boyd Cycling, which is also a sponsor of the race, which you guys should definitely go check out. Um, other than that, we'll see you next time, guys. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thank you. My pleasure.